Drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? This time last year, Alexander Campbell walked out his front door and just kept walking. He walked through Sydney to Katoomba, up through Lithgow, Musselbrook and Toowoomba, through to Karumba, then Catherine and Darwin. Since then, he's walked through Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand and Bangladesh. This trip around the world, walking, I might add, is going to take him four years and 40,000 kilometres and over four continents, all on foot. Alexander, welcome to you. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Where are you today? What's around you? Uh, uh, right now, I am in a $4 hotel room in, a, in Bangladesh in a little town called Madapur. Um, yeah, just a little town next to the highway. What do you get for $4 a night? Bedbugs. Bedbugs. Is that is that it? That's what you get Bed for bugs. $4 a night? Okay, well, you know. That's, yeah. <laughs> and a squat toilet. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> I'm sure it's even not the worst that you've uh, experienced on this incredible journey. I've been watching your updates and videos as you post them on social media. I know you're raising money for the Fred Hollows Foundation, uh, but there, I mean, it has to be said there are less time-consuming and less labour-intensive ways to do that. Why? That is the question. Just why? Why? <laughs> um, I guess I wanted to go on the adventure of my life. Yeah. I've, I've been into long-distance hiking for about 10 years now um and so kind of wanted a big challenge to kind of take all of the skills and experience i've kind of gained over the years and do something life-changing yeah it seems like you've been training for this for a while you completed the 800 kilometer colorado trail in the u.s you've walked from the flinders ranges back to sydney you've walked the breadth of nepal on the great himalaya what goes through your mind whilst you're on these huge walking adventures? Uh, a lot. A lot of, like, on day-to-day, -day, you're constantly having to think about, you know, how far to the next town, how much food do you have, how much water, where's the next water source, where are you going to sleep uh, at night? That's often something you're thinking about along the way. Um, yeah, so I feel like often a lot of logistical kind of things are going through your head day to day, yeah. I interviewed a man who rode his bicycle from Melbourne to Darwin and he said that it's the freedom from thinking the day to day that you kind of tune in on. You're not thinking about the traffic or, you know, what time you have to pick up the kids or how you're going to pay the rent. You're just in the moment. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, 100%. I feel like, yeah, there's so much going on, uh, especially here in Bangladesh. Walking down the streets, there's always someone calling out hi or uh, stopping for a chat, shake your hand. I feel like, yeah, you're constantly kind of having to focus on exactly kind of what's happening right there in front of you. Logistically speaking, you're carrying everything you need on your back. And yeah. if I could loosely describe your aesthetic, you look more like a wandering monk than a sort of high-performance... <laughs> Uh, high altitude climber. So tell me about how you're doing this and what you're carrying and what you, what you need and what yeah. you've decided you don't. Yeah, so I've got a fairly ultralight setup. Um, so I've got a 43-litre like backpack and then I carry a sleeping bag, a tent. I've got rain pants and a rain jacket. Often when I was going across Australia, I just had the clothes that I wore 
and would put my rain gear on when I needed to wash those clothes. Got a sleeping mat, some electronics, like a GPS and like SOS kind of thing. And then, yeah, just kind of fill the rest up with food and water between towns. You really are at the whims and mercies of the situations you find yourself in. In one recent video, you crossed from Malaysia into Thailand and there was nothing between the border and the next town. And the kindnesses that you receive from people, that's the really interesting thing. Why are people so drawn to a a man wandering around looking a bit like a monk by himself on foot? (laughs) I think... I think a lot of cultures just have a really value hospitality. Um, And so when they see someone who is a stranger passing through their town or village, yeah, their natural instinct is to kind of offer a helping hand, make sure you're okay um, if you need any help. But yeah, it's been amazing so far along the way. Asking for help can really be hard in everyday life, but it must be particularly hard when there is the language barrier and the person's a stranger. So I wonder if you've become quite good at receiving hospitality in this adventure? Yeah, yeah. The language barrier is definitely tricky. I try and pick up stuff as I go, try and learn something new each day. But, yeah, I have had to learn to accept help. Um, Yeah, 100%. I know that you studied anthropology at university and it must be such an interesting experiment to see humanity as a continuum as a as a line across a map without breaks what are you learning about people as you walk on this trip i guess the the main thing that you're learning out here is that most people are good to have been out here for over like almost a year now and when you're walking you're you're very vulnerable you know it's not like you're in a car and you're hidden away and you're in like a box or something you're you're out there but every day uh yeah, the people are just so friendly, whether it's inviting me to come sit down and have a tea um, or share a meal or inviting me to stay in their home for the night. I mean, you really couldn't be more unarmed in terms of that vulnerability. You I mean, you're not even surrounded by a car or, or a bicycle. Your speed is not posing yeah. any threat to, no, to, to locals or, getting away. or their wildlife. <laughs> um, if you just joined me, Alexander Campbell is here on RN Drive. We're talking about his current experience of walking all around the world for Fred Hollows. I'll give you some details how you can contribute to this uh, fundraiser in just a moment. I know that you did your honours thesis on long-distance hikers as they reintegrate into society after their hike. That's an interesting concept, this re-entry syndrome kind of thing. What did you learn about that? Yeah, a lot seem to have had uh, difficulties um, uh, afterwards, kind of reintegrating into what they would call normal life. Um, Yeah, uh, so many experienced uh, uh, issue, especially like having had some sort of, uh, being on a path that you're following every day and having that sense of direction where you always know which way you're going to then once you get off trail, having that taken away and then trying to figure out, uh, yeah, who you are after the walk. I don't know about you, but when I'm exercising or walking long distances, there's a little voice inside me really that's saying stop or rest or, you know, this kind of nagging, uh, unrelenting voice. Do you have that voice or did, were you born without it? Part of me, I feel like the voice is, uh, what if I kept going? <laughs> um, yeah. I, on previous walks I'd done as well, even, you know, big multi-month ones, I'd often kind of think, 
what if I kept on going? Where would I end up? Um, and so I guess this walk has been kind of exploring that that thought. <laughs> you must have come across some hairy situations where your safety genuinely felt threatened. Tell me about those times. Yeah, I guess the uh, main one was having to deal with crocodiles uh, back, in, back in Australia. So, yeah, going across Queensland and the Northern Territory. There was one particular time where I uh, I had to fill up my waters from a river and I uh, spotted a crocodile uh, jump from the bank into the river just as I was arriving. Um, and I still had to get my uh, water from there because it was about another 60 kilometers until the next water source. And so, yeah, it's been a good maybe half an hour, an hour, just kind of in fear, looking around, trying to find somewhere that had some decent water visibility so I could quickly fill up my waters and get out of there. And what about with your fellow humans on this trip? You said that people are generally good and genuinely kind and uh, hospitable, but surely you've had some close calls along this adventure. Uh, There was one recently back in Thailand. Um, It turned out okay, but uh, I was camped in a, a rubber tree plantation for the night and I woke up covered in ants that had eaten their way through my tent. Um, and then all of a sudden there was a light being shone at me and it was about three in the morning. Um, and so I was pretty frightened, uh, that, you know, there was someone out here and they were about to find me camped here and what they would think and what their reaction would be. Um, but in the end, he kind of seemed to be all right with it, had a bit of a laugh and then, uh, just left me on my way and (laughs) tried to go back to sleep with the ants. Um, (laughs) I think it's your happy-go-lucky attitude that uh, must disarm uh, people, even if it is three in the morning. Just lastly, in in this adventure, particularly with the language barrier, do you ever get lonely? Yeah, I'd say being away from family and friends is definitely probably the the hardest part and, like, the biggest downside of doing something like this. Um, But overall, I kind of – I quite like my own company – and get used to being on my own quite easily. Um, So, yeah, going across Australia, you know, there'd be days at a time that you'd go without seeing anyone or a car going past or something. But I actually quite enjoy that. Yeah, in some ways it's more lonely being in a country where you don't speak the language than and not being able to properly hold like a an in-depth conversation with someone versus... I kind of almost prefer being all by myself out in the Australian outback. Well, I'm sure um, the, uh, <laughs> the the smelly socks that you must uh, rack up must uh, keep uh, both crocodiles and uh, villains at bay. Fantastic to talk yeah. to you. Good luck in the rest of this adventure. Alexander Campbell's been my guest. You can find out more about his walk around the world uh, and, of course, uh, donate uh, to the Fred Hollows Foundation. His website's worldwalkexpedition.com. His Instagram is Alexander underscore Campbell. Go well. Thanks, Eddie. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. <laughs> 